Well, once again, welcome to church, and my name is Ben, and I'm the pastor here at First Assembly, and we're just so delighted that you're here. If you are new or newer, you're a guest with us today, I just want to say a very, very special welcome. Thanks for being here, and we just hope that you feel the, the warmth of this First Assembly family, and we really believe in, uh, in family, and we believe that family is expressed in all kinds of ways, uh, moms, dads, kids, uh, singles, adults, seniors, youth, we just are together and we just really see ourselves as part of a, a, the family of God, so we're just glad that you're here. If you are a guest with us today, you're brand new, uh, maybe you've come maybe once or twice, we have a gift for you today. If you haven't got your gift yet as, as somebody new to the church, we have a first-time visitor's guest gift. It's a gift bag, and in that bag there's a copy of our new album, the uh, worship CD that was released recently, and Michael, who is leading today um, in the team, wrote most of those songs, and so we're just so delighted to give that to you as our gift. Here's how you get it. We believe in connecting people to people at First Assembly, and so it's going to take a little bit if you're a bit shy, but we want to encourage you to find one of our hosts in our lobby. There's stations called Next Steps, and you'll see a banner that looks like this all throughout our building. Just walk up to somebody and say, I'm just new here today, and they're going to be happy to give you a gift, and you can connect at Next Steps for any of your needs. We'd love to serve you and find out how we can serve you. If you want to find out more about First Assembly and what we're about and how you can get connected, uh, just talk to one of our hosts at Next Steps. Ushers, if you can prepare this morning for the offering, and this is a great opportunity for us this morning to, to give. And the scripture encourages us to, to give and to sow generously into the work of the kingdom. The Bible says if, as we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. As we sow generously, we're going to reap generously. It's just like the principle of seed. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in the habit of, of giving regularly to the Lord, thank you. I just want to cheer you on to continue to give, especially as we move into our summer months. It's helpful as you are consistent in your giving. And maybe you're out of the habit of giving. I want to encourage you today just to give what God would put on your heart to give, just to pray and say, Lord, what would it be today that I could give and to contribute into the kingdom? We've created some ways for you to give over the summer months. One of the main ways is our new app called PushPay. You can download that on your iPhone, or you can uh, just find it right on our church website, or you can text uh, that right number right now, and uh, that'll set you up for, for secure giving. It's just one of the other ways that we can, uh, we can give. Ushers, if you'd come, uh, actually, don't. what we're going to do is you're going to receive the offering this morning, right? Why don't we do that? You're not ready to pray yet. The bags are empty. That's, that would really be a miracle, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, so God bless you as you give this morning.
As the ushers are just continuing to receive the offering this morning, just wanted to make mention that tonight is our monthly prayer meeting here at the church, 6 o'clock to 7.30, and we just want to invite you to come. We pray for about, about an hour and a half, and we do this the first Sunday night of every month, and so I would invite you to be a part of that and uh, to come on out this evening. As I mentioned, the, uh, the stampede breakfast that is happening at, at West Edge, I just got an update, and there are... 1,200? 1,500 people they've counted now. <laughs> Thanks, Betty. Uh, so we're serving our community there, and, and uh, what, a, what a great opportunity. And we have a, a prayer tent that's happening there at the same time, so people are dropping in and getting ministered to. I, I wanted to let you know, my wife Heather, she's not here this morning uh, at Elbow Drive, but she's over at West Edge helping with the Stampede Breakfast. She says, make sure you tell everybody, if I'm not here, like where I am. <laughs> she's, like, I don't, she's like, you know, I don't want people, you know, like, where's your wife? And she hasn't been here, and, you know, we don't want to get into all that kind of stuff. So uh, she is serving Jesus. You'll be happy to know she's not home watching soaps and eating bonbons or something like that on a Sunday morning, like... She's legit. She's like, okay, so tell everybody where I am. So that's where she is this morning. She's over at the West Edge campus with some more of you as well over there serving today. And uh, it's going to be a great, great day as they finish up over there. All right, ushers, I think we're ready to pray now. We can now pray that God would multiply what we do have <laughs> and, uh, for his glory. It's the loaves and the fishes. So, Father, we want to thank you, God, for the opportunity to give. We recognize that everything you have given us is from you. Everything's your gift, Lord, the air that we breathe. Uh, and, Lord, as we offer first fruits, we do it in faith, and we trust you, Lord, to multiply, Lord, this for your kingdom, that we would continue to be able to reach as a church and to love all people to Jesus. Bless this offering now and these tithes as we give them back to you into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Great. If you have your Bible this morning, we're in Ephesians, and we've been in Ephesians this month as a church over the summer months, and I'm excited to, uh, to be back in Ephesians this morning with you. Chapter 3 is what we're going to look at today. And as we prepare for a time of communion, just at the conclusion of, of this message this morning, I want us to look at another one of the Apostle Paul's prayers in this letter uh, to the church, the ancient church of Ephesus. It was a circular letter that was for the ancient city of Ephesus in modern-day Turkey in that surrounding area. And it was written uh, as a broader letter. You'll notice in Ephesians there's not a lot of specific names as uh, in a lot of uh, uh, some of the other letters of Paul. You'll see specific names of people. And it's a bit of a broader letter because it is to the church and so as we look at this letter together, it is to not only the ancient church, but it is to the church today. It is to First Assembly. It is to each one of us, and we can apply this to our lives. And so this morning, as we look at this letter uh, of Paul in chapter 3, um, I want us to look at the beautiful way that God has revealed himself to us, and then I want to pull out a couple of main themes as we prepare for communion this morning. We've been in Ephesians for several weeks, and we've looked at the beginning part of Ephesians is, is really all about our identity. The first three chapters of this book is really about who we are in Christ. One of the major themes, as I've mentioned, in the book of Ephesians is in Christ, that we are in him. 
And the latter half of Ephesians, the, 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 the other chapters, four, five, and six, are much more about our practical living our lives in Christ, for Christ. And so it's much more of a practical approach to how do we live for Jesus? But you can't really live for Jesus until you first know who you are in Christ. And it's about our identity. And we understand that we were once objects of wrath, but God in his mercy, he has saved us and he has seated us in heavenly places with Christ. And last Sunday, I talked about how there's good news for us as outsiders, that we were once outside of a relationship with God, but God, rich in mercy, has brought us in through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. He's made a way that we can know God. And not only outside of, of his, uh, outside of God that God has brought us in through Christ, but also that we are being brought together as one body to be the people of God, that there's no outsiders with God, that the, the call of Jesus is that whosoever will may come. And so wherever you are today, you can know that part of following Christ is, is God meets you where you are, and he brings you right into his heart. And by his grace and through the power of the Spirit, God brings you closer and closer to him. And so we're thankful for that. And as we look at, at Ephesians that God's grace is for everybody, insiders and outsiders. And we all stand before the Lord in his grace and his mercy. And so with this in mind, this is what Paul says in Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason, he says, I kneel before the Father, and from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we, we love you this morning. And Lord, as we gather around your word today and in your presence, Lord, we're so mindful that you are here. We're so thankful for your goodness. God, we thank you that your word, it, it changes us. It's living, it's active. And today, Lord, we, we just ask for a fresh revelation as we prepare our hearts to, to take communion. As we think of the cross today, would you prepare our hearts and would you call us deeper and would you make us more like Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. A number of, of years ago, I was uh, on staff at a church in, in Langley, and on our church staff, uh, there was a number of pastors, and we got talking, and there's a few guys that have had, had some past experience riding dirt bikes. And there was a, a man in our church, and he had uh, purchased uh, an outdoor adventure company and it was all about riding dirt bikes north of Squamish all the way up, you know, Whistler in that area, all the way up to northern BC on, 
old logging roads, and he would take teams of people out, and they would go on adventures. So one day, he said to some of the pastors on staff, anybody who's had any experience with dirt bikes, you guys might be interested in coming along on this dirt bike adventure. And, and so I said to one of the other pastors, I said, yeah, I said, I, I, you know, I used to ride dirt bikes when I was a kid. And uh, so they invited me and a couple of the other staff and, and this businessman, he, he said, hey, uh, you know, you need to come over to my house and, and make sure that, you know, you can get all the, uh, it's almost like armor you put on when you go on these dirt bike adventures and helmet fits and everything. And so he said to me, he said, have you had a lot of experience? I said, well, I used to ride dirt bikes when I was a kid. And he said, okay, but have you had a lot of experience? And I said, uh, well, I said, a, a little bit. And he said, I just want to let you know that every novice that we bring on this dirt bike adventure, that they always end up in the hospital. And Heather was standing right there, and she's like, are you sure you want to go? I'm like, yeah, I want to go. And so we got there, and we, we got to the place where all the dirt bikes were get, being pulled off the trailer, and we were all, you know, all the guys, and we were excited, and we hop on these dirt bikes, and, and they were telling me, they said, well, what kind of dirt bikes had you, have you ridden in the past? I said, well, my, I didn't have a dirt bike, but my buddy did, and it was, he had a Honda 80, and he had a Honda, you know, 125 or something like that. Just mini bikes, really. And this guy's like, okay, these dirt bikes are not toys. These are real dirt. Okay, I understand that. I understand that. And so I, in my mind, I understood that there was more, you know, to these dirt bikes than I was used to. But uh, I knew that in my mind. But I didn't really know it until I hopped on a KTM, which is a pretty high-level dirt bike. And it was just amped and souped right up. And when I first got on that bike, I mean, the bike was taking me where the bike wanted it, me to go. I was not driving that bike. It was just like, whoa, you know, you're hanging on for dear life. I want you to know, though, that uh, I, I ended up completing that whole dirt bike tour without any injury at all. By the grace of God, uh, I got through it. And it was a lot of fun. But there was a lot more in that dirt bike than I had anticipated. I had a concept of it. I, I, I knew. They told me. They, they said, well, this is, this is really, you know, the dirt bike's very powerful. And okay, I understand power. But I didn't really understand the power until I had the actual experience of, of feeling the power, of having the power available and accessing the power of that machine. You can know something and you can have an idea of something. You can have a concept of something that is true or you can have a concept of something that is powerful, but you can't really experience it until you actually experience it for yourself. And this is what I believe Paul was, was praying in this prayer that we see in chapter 3 of Ephesians. He, he's, he's praying that God's people would, would grasp that's one thing he says, that we would grasp God's goodness and his power, but that we would also experience it in a, in a very real way. That there is more available to us than we just can grasp. This is what his prayer was. He was saying, in light of all this and, and in light of what God has done for you and me, I pray that it would be more than, than head knowledge, that you would really wrap your, your minds around it. Yeah, you would grasp and comprehend, but you would also access and know the power. So he prays along this, this theme again for the people of God that they would access the power of God, but they would know the power. If you and I would look at our bank account today, 
And uh, maybe there's some people in this place and you've got a million dollars cash in your bank account right now. And uh, there's others of you, you have $500 in your bank account. Or you have whatever is in your account right now. You have the knowledge, you can grasp the fact that you can go to the ATM at any time, put in your card, and you can, you can get the money out that you've deposited. You can withdraw it. You can actually go right up to the, the, the teller. You can, you can say, this is my account. It's here. You can go to the machine. You have a concept that that money is yours, and you can say to me, or you can tell other people, this is how much money I have in my account. But, but it, there's one thing, knowing and understanding and grasping what you have. It's the other thing to actually make a withdrawal from it. And Paul's prayer is that they would grasp and that they would know. And there's two main themes that I, I want us to look at here today, and those two themes are love and power that I, I believe that Paul is praying for God's people. We're going to look at those in a moment, but first I want us to consider, again, how God has revealed himself in such a beautiful way, and in a lot of letters of Paul, we'll see how Paul uh, prays, and he prays the, the Trinity. You'll see the Trinity here again in, in Paul's uh, prayer from a doctrinal perspective, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So let's look at this. The first one is the Father. He starts by praying to the Father. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. That, that position of kneeling before the Father, it's, it's a, when we come to the Father, and as we come to the Lord today saying, God, I, I don't want to just have a concept of you, but I, I want to access more love and more power in my life. I, I come in a position of kneeling my knee, of humility, of saying, God, I, I need you and I want you in my life. And it's a position that comes before the Father in reverence and humility and openness. This is how we're to come to, to God, our Father. Now, being a dad myself, it's one of the biggest joys of my life that I, that I am able to be a, a father and to have children. It's, if you're a parent in this place, you, just, you know how amazing and how beautiful that is and how, how much love that you have for your children. I, I think it's beautiful how Michael, and he mentioned this earlier, we didn't compare notes on our stories or anything, but how Michael was sharing about the heart of the father and his heart as a dad uh, for his son. And there is something about the father heart of God that uh, he, he loves us so much. And when we grasp it, when we go to the Father, when we understand that in humility we come before the Father and we begin to ask him to, to move in our lives and we ask him for more of his love and a deeper revelation and not just a head knowledge but in accessing his love, we, we come in a place of humility and we understand that as, as a father, when the Father sees us, that, that he desires so much to lead us. That when we come to, to pray today, when we come before the communion, we say, Lord, lead my life. We understand the Father, he's our provider. A, a, a good dad is a good provider. A, a father is one who, who does his best to provide as best as, he's, as he possibly can for his family. And our Father is a provider, our Heavenly Father. And he brings us love and he brings us care. And then it says, from every family in heaven and on earth, uh, derives its name. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Every family on heaven and earth derives its name. In other words, uh, our heavenly Father, you and I, derive our name 
derive our identity, derive who we are because of God the Father. Do you know that every family has, has idiosyncrasies and similarities? Have you noticed this? That when you get together with cousins and you get together with the extended family, have you have had those moments where you, you, know, you look at somebody in your family and you say, oh, you know what? Their nose looks so much like aunt so-and-so, right? Have you had those moments? Or do you have those relatives that say those things to you? They're like, you just look so much like your Uncle Tom. You're just looking more like him every day. (laughs) And the reality is, is we say these things to each other because they're true, because we resemble our family line. Just as we have physical features that resemble one another, uh, Paul's prayer is he's saying, I pray to the Father. I kneel before the Father. He's our provider. He's our leader. He's the one who loves and cares for us. And it's the whole family in heaven and on earth that derives its name. In other words, everything that God has, everything you are, God, all your characteristics, everything you are, this is our prayer, God, that we would experience you in such a way that we would look like you, that we would be uh, who you've called us to be, that we would function the way that you've created us to function, that we would bring you glory, that we would represent you well. And so as Paul prays for the church, he prays, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. And he starts with Father. The second thing we see is the Holy Spirit. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power. The word power here is ability. That the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would strengthen you with the ability, with the power, through His Spirit in your inner being. God is very interested in strengthening your life and my life. God is very interested that you and I would walk in success and health and wholeness, and breakthrough. God desires for your body to be strong. God desires for you not to live in sickness and and in disease, but to ultimately that there would be healing and breakthrough for your life. God desires that you don't, you know, you're not swallowed up with poverty and debt and all these things. This is his desire, and his desire is that you would experience breakthrough and provision and fruitfulness in every area of your life. Now, you and I know it's a battle because we live in a world and there's these things that come against us in the physical. But even more than God desiring for you and I to be successful in in our jobs and physically, in our health and our strength and, and, and all the natural things in life, God desires so much that you are strong on the inside. And really, this is where it starts, that we are strengthened in the inner man, that the inside of us is strong. And the prayer this morning, Paul's prayer is, Father, you're the leader, you're the provider, and I humbly bow my heart and my life before you. And I'm praying and I'm interceding for your people, that they would would not just know, but that they would actually experience the strength on the inside of their lives, that what happens on the inside would flow to the outside. You see, we spend so much time on the outside, trying to make the outside look good, trying to make the outside appear okay, so we're appearing you know, really nice to each other. And we, we, we work so hard on the outside appearance. And this is, that, this is not no condemnation, but think about how much time you spent this past week looking in the mirror or looking at your selfie <laughs> or, what, or taking selfies. 
Uh, you know, I'm probably, I'm guilty, all right? I mean, I've spent way too much time. But we do. We, we think about what are we going to wear and, and, and our, the outside. But the prayer is really that we would be strengthened in the inner man. God wants to strengthen you and me on the inside. And I believe as we are strengthened, we become more like the Father, more like God. He strengthens us. And from the inside, we begin to be strong on the outside. We begin to live from the inside out. And this is the prayer that God has. That the Holy Spirit, he would give us then the power, and again, that word ability, to be able to be successful in everything that he's designed us for. He's our father, he's our leader, and he's given us his spirit. John 14, 26, Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. In other words, the Holy Spirit is here to help you and to help me and to point us to Jesus and to strengthen us. And the third thing we see, again, the Trinity, the Father, the Spirit, and now the Son. Paul prays, and he says in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This is his prayer, that Jesus Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. The key word here is dwell. And the word dwell, the understanding, what it really translates to is that Christ Jesus would make his home in your heart. This is really what it means. This is really the essence of Paul's prayer here, is that the Father, he would lead and bless your life. He would enable you to receive power through the Holy Spirit that would guide you and teach you and empower you and and give you the strength that you need, but ultimately that the Son, that Jesus Christ, that he would not just be in your life or around your life or part of your life or in the outskirts of your life or sometimes Jesus would be there, but that Jesus himself would actually make himself at home in your heart. I have a question for you this morning. Is Jesus Christ at home in your heart? Can he come to your life and is he, okay, well you say, well how come he's writing this because aren't these people already Christians? The way I understand Ephesians is they're already a church, they're already saved, they're already Christians. And so why would Paul say, I'm praying that Jesus would be in your heart? Isn't that what happens when you give your life to Christ and Jesus comes in your heart? Yeah, okay. But Paul's not saying, I pray that Jesus would be in your heart so that you're saved. They're already saved. They're already going to heaven. But is Jesus comfortable in your life? Is he at home in your heart? Now, we, 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 we get really uncomfortable at times when... Uh, when people show up at our house unannounced, don't we? Has this ever happened to you? You've been, you've been home and, and, and somebody knocks on the door and, and, and all of a sudden they knock on the door and you oh my goodness, somebody's here to visit. They, 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 they didn't text, they didn't call. And so what do you do? You start scrambling. You start ordering your children. You say, okay, oldest child on the vacuum, youngest child on the dish, and somebody take the dog out. Somebody take the dog out again. Oh my goodness, somebody's here at the door. And, you know, and, and you're, you're panicking. And like, you know, this happens occasionally at our house. People usually let us know when they're coming. But occasionally somebody will come to the door. And we're freaking out because we don't want people to walk in our house and see that we actually 
you know, live the way that we live. <laughs> That's true about you too, isn't it? But we do everything we can. Like we're delaying. We're like, okay, well, hold on. Let's just, you know, okay, you know, let's just, you know, okay, they're in the car. They're getting out. Of the, they're in their driveway. They're in our driveway. Somebody take out the garbage, right? We're just freaking out. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings. Ding dong. We open the door. Hi, come on in. And we're like, you know, pushing stuff in the clock. Come on in. Good to see you. Welcome. Yeah, we always live like this. Our house is perfect all the time. Sorry it took us so long to get to the door. They were the pastor's family. We were just praying. (laughs) Forgive us. But even when people, you know, we do this too when people are announced. We know somebody's coming over Wednesday night, and we go crazy, and we do everything we can to try get our house in order. So this idea of Christ being at home in your hearts, how does that make you feel? You know, think about Jesus. Okay, I know I'm, okay, I've given my life to Christ. I trust in him, but is he at home in my life? Is he comfortable? Or is there a lot of clutter? And is there, when Jesus walks into my heart, is it like an episode of Hoarders? where there's piles of clutter and unforgiveness and pain. And sometimes we just say, well, I'll just keep Jesus then at a distance because I'm too embarrassed to just let him come in. And here's what I really want to encourage you in this morning. Paul's prayer is that the Father, his leadership and his provision would strengthen your life. He'll give you the love and the power that you need. That the Spirit of God would give you the ability and he would guide you and teach you so that the Son can live inside of you in a way that he's at home in your life. And this is the thing. You don't have to clean up your mess. You just need to invite Jesus to come in. He's the one that actually puts order. It's not like you and I, when our friends come over, that we try and make our house perfect so that we're all, hey, everything's good. With Jesus, you can just say, Lord, just come in. My heart is full of pain. My heart is full of, there's some mess. There's some disorder. But Jesus, you just come in. Because in our brokenness, and our weakness, we can't fix our own lives. And this is the beautiful thing about the gospel. It's Jesus coming inside. And it's us saying, Lord, we welcome you, that you would come and I'm not going to hold you outside. I'm not going to hold you at a distance, but I'm welcoming you into my life. Welcome home, Lord. I heard about an older couple and the man was struggling with some illness and his wife was elderly and there was a couple in their church and the guy was kind of a handyman and he said, I understand that you're sick right now and you're home and if there's anything I can do to come and, and to help. And so this man came over and he helped clean out certain areas of the garage and he fixed some things around the house and screwed in some light bulbs and fixed a few door hinges and I'm not sure all he, that he did but he came over just to serve and to help. That's such a beautiful picture because we're, we're helpless, we're, we're in need and rather than this older couple just saying no, we're fine, we're, we're okay, we're just gonna, they actually said no, we welcome you to come and to help us in our time of need. And Jesus, friends, he is not afraid of the mess that he may find in your life. 
He's not afraid. Jesus Christ came over 2,000 years ago. The Father sent the Son, conceived in the Virgin in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Son was born, Jesus Christ, in a dirty, germy, messy mess called a manger. Jesus has always been good at coming right down into the middle of the mess. And in the middle of that mess, the light of the world shot through the darkness. Light entered the world. And wherever Jesus was, everything began to get better. All of a sudden, magi showed up. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. You see, when Jesus is invited into the mess, you say, Lord, I just need you, and I welcome you in. I want you to be at home in my heart and in my life. Then he comes in, and he does the cleaning, and he's the one that reveals the heart of the Father, empowers us through his Spirit, and he resides in our lives so that there's a deeper relationship and intimacy with him. And here's the two themes as we close. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back. The two major themes that we see in this prayer of Paul, we see the Father, the, the Spirit, and the Son. We see the Trinity at work in our lives, and we see more love, and we see more power. More love, let's talk about that. A fresh revelation of Christ's love. That's what I am praying for today as we come to the communion table. The prayer is, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. What a line. Think about that. That you may be filled with all the fullness, the measure of all the fullness of God. What does that even mean? I don't know, but sign me up. That's incredible. That we would know his love in such deep and real ways. Again, not just having a comprehension. Oh yeah, I understand what that's like but actually accessing it. Not just understanding that that bank account is available for me, but actually accessing the resources. Not just, not just mentally understanding, yeah, God loves me. But to say, Lord, I want more of your love and more of your power. And this, that's, that's the second theme, power. A renewed strength in the Holy Spirit. That's our prayer today. A fresh revelation of his love and a renewed strength. Now to him who is able... Paul ends his prayer with this. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. Just think about that for a moment. He is able. The Father has given us the spirit, the power, the ability to, to strengthen us in the inner man that we would be able to say, Lord, to you, you're able to do, it says, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let me ask you, what are you asking God for today? He's able to do it. What are you in need of today? What are you saying, God, I, I want a fresh revelation in my life. I'm asking you. It says, He's able to do it, and it's his power. I want you to note that. It's his power, but it's working in you. 
Sometimes we just think, well, it's God's power. He'll do what he wants. No, it's actually in partnership with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's our lives working, understanding the goodness of the Father, being led and empowered by the Spirit of God, and making Christ a place where he's at home and inviting him into our lives and to bring order and to bring healing and to bring breakthrough in our lives. We're not saying, God, I need to get my life perfect so that you can come live in my life. We're saying, God, my life is open for you. Father, you love me. Spirit, your, your resource, your, your, your power is for me. And Jesus, come and just take your seat. And I want you to be comfortable in my life. I want you to be at home in my life. I want to share deeper fellowship with you. I don't want to be just all, we're always worried about the messes. And I'm just saying, God, come. And in my weakness, just like that older couple that invited uh, the, that friend in to say, I need a friend to come and help me in my time of need. I need a friend to come fix things around my house. I invite you into my life. And in that place, God, bring healing, bring restoration. And, and maybe you've been asking too small. It says that he's able to do, I like the King James, it says exceedingly abundantly. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That's a lot. He's not just able to do exceedingly, but exceedingly abundantly and above all. You ask or imagine. What are you asking God for? What are you imagining in your life? What are some things you're saying, God, I, uh, I want a fresh revelation of your love. I need a fresh empowerment in my life of your spirit, a renewed strength. We can ask God for today, whether it's a personal need and whether it's a deep spiritual need in our lives, he's able to do it. And this echoes Paul's prayer in chapter one where he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly father. And Ephesians 1, 7 says, in him, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. In Jesus, we've been made right with the Father. We've been made right with each other. And we have the opportunity through the Father and through the Spirit and through the Son to access, not just to know, not just to have an idea that God's power and love is for me, but to actually access a greater revelation of his love, a greater love in our lives to know him and to share his love with others and a greater power that's above, exceedingly above all we can ask or imagine. And so as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, I'm going to ask Michael to, to lead us in this song uh, today. And as we prepare our hearts, let's, let's worship and let's sing and let's let the words of this song even be personal as a prayer. And as the ushers hand out the cup and the, the wafer, I'm just going to ask you to hold on to those just for a few moments, and we're going to partake together in a time of sharing communion. But as the ushers, you can come and you can begin to distribute the elements, and, and let's worship and let's prepare our hearts today as we 